Okay, we have a brand new topic today, and our brand new topic today is the Sunnah in Islam. So I'm going to start with a very general question, and I ask you guys, what do you know about this word Sunnah? When you hear the word Sunnah, what do you know about it? Okay, girls have got an answer. What about you, Nadine? Um, it's So that's sajda, okay? So you could do sunnah prayers, right? Okay. So Mubin talked about sunnah prayers. Sunnah prayers. Okay, so keep that in mind. What, who else has got another idea about the word sunnah from the boys? When you pray, you just pray like extra prayers. Extra prayers, very good. So there could be sunnah, extra prayers, very good. Something the Prophet said. Very good. Excellent. And let's see, does anyone else have any ideas? I know you did with me just a second time. So let's give some chance to the other guys. Okay. So the girls, they said, something the Prophet said or did or approved of. And that was a little bit extra, a little bit extra to what we had from the boys' side. Something the Prophet said, and some of the boys said something which is extra to what you have to do. So what does that tell us? It actually tells us that the word sunnah in Islam is actually a word that has lots of different meanings. So could we start with getting a really general meaning for it? Like, not really specific, like we talk about sunnah prayers or... Just something like super general, not what the Prophet said and did and approved. Something like the most basic meaning that you can have. What does the word sunnah mean in the most basic meaning that the word can have? Okay, yes, maybe go on. That's not a general meaning though, that you're telling me about something very detailed about eating. I want the meaning that is zoom out all the way out. What meaning do we have? Very, very general meaning. For the girls, I'm still struggling to get these things. One second, girls, one second, because if not, I'm not getting a, a lot of connection. The most general meaning you can think of, yes. Okay, we're still talking about very specific things. Guys, I've got a simple rule. I do two languages, English, Arabic. I don't do Kurdish, I don't do Urdu, I don't do any other language. Tell me in English, tell me in Arabic, otherwise don't understand. Eating, that's very specific. You're still telling me about something really detailed. So one second, because I'm just having a problem. Just give me a moment. Because I'm not, I'm not getting that connection I should have. Just give me a second, inshallah. Let me try one more time. With the girls, one second. Okay. Should be okay now. I'll try again. 
Meanwhile, the boys can be thinking of a really good answer. Okay, girls, most general meaning you can think of. How to worship Allah. Nah, still not there, still not there. For the girls, what do you think? To do something extra. It's a very good idea, very good idea, but still no, no, no. Right, okay, I'm going to give you the answer for this one. The general meaning of the word sunnah in Islam is the Prophet's guidance, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Generally, what he, he guided us to do. So let me ask you a question before that then. Why did Allah send the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Why didn't Allah send down a book that just came down and landed in our hands? Why did Allah send us the Prophet Muhammad Yes, what do you think? So the Prophet, though is the only God, is the last one Very and, good. And for him to pray to Allah subhanahu wa and if he didn't, he would, he, he would have no clue who to worship. Very good. We wouldn't have known who to worship if it wasn't for him. Excellent answer. I love that answer. Very good. You wouldn't know if it's a but, but what if the book was like the Torah, like Allah wrote it with his own hand and sent it down like the Torah? Okay, the girl said, it's an example that we can follow. So the Prophet was sent to us as an example that we can follow. So that you can have a real example you can follow. That example is called the Sunnah in general. Okay, but so far we've had some really good answers about doing extra things and so the word sunnah must have some other meanings. Okay, does that make sense? Generally, it's the example, the Prophet's example, that's what he came with. He came for us to follow him and copy him, his example. That's the sunnah. But the word sunnah, guys, just look this way. Boys, look this way for me, all of you. Okay. The word sunnah can be used different ways also. It can be used as the opposite to fard, for example, or wajib. So something you have to do and something that's optional. So what you have to do, we might call it wajib. And some people might call what you don't have to do, they might call it sunnah, for example, like sunnah prayers and things like that. But that's not the sunnah we're talking about today. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the example that our Messenger وسلم, left for us to follow. Why is it important for us to follow the Messenger وسلم, girls? He knew how to do it right, the girl said. He knew how to do it right. Okay, why else is it important to follow the example of the Prophet What do you think he's Because he got it from Allah. That's the answer I want. That answer there, guys, I want us to hold on to it very tightly. It's very important. Where did the sunnah come from? Where did the Prophet's example come from? It came from, Yusuf, Allah. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى When he speaks, 
He doesn't speak from his own opinion. Where does he speak from? What do you think? From Allah. From what Allah told him to say. So he doesn't speak like I think. Like somebody asked me, what do you think? We should make this carpet grey or we should make it green? Well, I think, no, it's not like that. When the Prophet spoke, he spoke when Allah told him what to say. It is a revelation that Allah revealed. So hold on then. What's the difference between what the Prophet said and the Quran? Go on. I can't guilty. There is no difference because whatever the Prophet said is in the Quran. Not always. No, sir. A lot of things the Prophet said are not in the Quran. Good try, though. No, it's different. The two are different. The two are different. Yes, you sir. Go for it. If it wasn't in the Quran and he said it, how would we know that he said it? Because we wouldn't know it. That's what we're going to learn today. That is exactly what we're going to learn today. If it wasn't in the Quran and he said it, how do we know that he said it? That is exactly what we're going to learn today. That's exactly what we're going to learn today. What do you think? Did it get passed on for centuries? Like Very good. Very good. It got passed on from person to person. Very good. So, but I still want to know the difference between what the Prophet said and the Qur'an. Girls. The Qur'an is directly from Allah. Okay, but the Hadith Qudusi is directly from Allah. Come on guys, you, all of you read Qur'an. All of you read Qur'an, right? So, for example, if I start in my prayer and I say, Allahu Akbar, <coughs> Can I do that? No? Why not? So, the Quran, we worship Allah by reciting it, right? But what the Prophet, his example in his sunnah, we don't worship Allah by reciting it. That's one thing. The Quran is where? Where is the Quran? Only one person put their hand up? None of you other people know where the Quran is? Where is the Quran here? Nah, I want some different people. I want some different people. I want some different people who haven't answered yet. Where are you guys? Girls, someone who hasn't answered yet. Only in the masjid? Everywhere? Is it here? Can't see it. Okay, go on, Bobby. In where? Describe to me, where is the Quran? In every nation and also in the... Oh, we're getting too complicated. We're going, we're going very far. We're going far away. The Quran, Ikhwani, is in the Mus'haf. The Qur'an is in the Mus'haf. The copy of the Qur'an, the printed copy of the Qur'an, you find the Qur'an in the Mus'haf. Where do you find them, the Sunnah? You don't find it in the Mus'haf, right? I can't open this book up here, the one that's on the shelf here, all these copies of the Qur'an, and find 
a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, right? Okay, we're getting close. So, so far everybody understood there's a difference between the Qur'an and between what the Prophet ﷺ said, which we call the Sunnah, okay? The Qur'an, we recite it and we worship Allah by reciting it. All you guys read, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, yeah? You recite it and you get rewards for reciting it. The hadith is not found in the Mus'haf. So then you guys all know what the Mus'haf is, right? The, the printed copy of the Qur'an, the written copy of the Qur'an. You call it, what do we call it? The Mus'haf, okay? We don't find the hadith inside of the Mus'haf. Okay, the Mus'haf is there, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, a lot of Masahib. Yeah, a lot of them all around the masjid. This is the Qur'an, okay? Right. The Prophet ﷺ said some things that were not part of the Qur'an. Those things that he brought us to teach us, we call it the Sunnah. We call it the Sunnah. And the Sunnah, as the girls rightly said, is made up of four things, but the girls only said three. But we'll forgive them. They said three, but it's four. What the Prophet said, that's number one. What he did, that's number two. What he approved of, that's number three. And his description, that's number four. So I want everyone to explain to me, not everyone, because that would be everyone talking at once, but I want for you guys to explain to me each one what the Prophet said. So, give me, explain it to you. What does that mean? So, explain to me. What does that mean? So, that's something, the sunnah is four things, right? It's what the Prophet said. So, he came out one day and he said, dot, dot, dot. Yeah? The Prophet said, from the perfection of someone's faith is you leave what doesn't concern you. And if, it, if you leave those things that don't concern you. He said that. He said it. Okay? That's number one. Number two, what the Prophet did. How is that different from what he said? Okay. Okay, let's write the very back. Very good. Actions, not words. Actions, not words. So the Prophet ﷺ stood facing the Qibla and he raised his hands to the level of his shoulders or the bottom of his ears. That's an action. He didn't say anything yet. Okay? He just did. He did the action. The third thing is what he approved of. What does that mean? What he approved of. Okay, so who is doing the thing now? In what the Prophet approved of, who is doing the action? Us. Yeah, the companions. So someone around him, the companion was doing the action and he liked it. He approved of it. How did the Prophet used to show his approval? Three ways. Let's see if we can get all three. 
So the girls got the hardest one first, of course. Okay. Okay. If we have any thoughts on Telegram, please shout them out, yeah? So, first of all, the Prophet could say so, right? He could say that you've done well, or he could say that he was pleased, or he could say this is correct. He could say you did well, or he could say that this is correct. Secondly, he might do something to show he was happy, like he smiled. He smiled. Yeah? The third thing, and that's the hardest one, is he might just be quiet. Why is it when the Prophet was quiet that it means he approved of it? The girls got the right answer straight away. Even though I didn't ask them, but they got it. They said, if the Prophet saw something wrong, what would he have done? What would he have done for me? He would have spoken and said, this is wrong. Make sure you do the right thing. So if he didn't speak about it, that means that it must have been right. And the fourth thing is the Prophet's description. What did he look like? Does anybody have any idea what the Prophet looked like? No. Okay, so the girl said he was medium height. That's true. He wasn't very, very tall. He wasn't short. He was of medium height. And he wasn't very, very tall. He wasn't somebody who was tall like that. And he wasn't short. He was of medium height. Many times in his life, most of the time in his life, he had quite long hair that came between his ears and his shoulders. Many times. No, of course your hair changes in your life. Okay? Cut it in the time of Hajj or something. Okay. What about the colour of his skin? What was what skin colour did he have? White. Okay. Let's see. What do you think? Okay. Brown. Brown. Okay. Brownish. Brownish. Okay. Whiteish. Whiteish. Okay. Blackish. Mashallah, you brought every skin colour the whole day. <laughs> you brought everything. Yeah. Now, the Prophet Anas, he said, the Prophet was not al-abiyad al-amhaq. He didn't have very white skin, wala bil-adam, and he didn't have dark skin. His skin was not dark, and it was not very, very white. Yani very white. It was not white like lime. It was not very white, and it was not dark. Instead, it was a little bit to the side of white, and a little bit fair. You saw how the color of people who come from the Arabian, Arabian countries, like the gold, what color skin they have, yeah? But his skin was lighter than some of them, and it was a little bit light, but it wasn't white, and white, white, and it wasn't dark. It was a little bit on the fair side. That was the color of his skin, okay? What else do we know about the description of the Prophet's personality? Who knows something about his personality? He was a shy person. Very good. He was shy. He was shy. That's true. First, you have to give me an answer. Tell me something about the Prophet's personality. He had a presence. Okay, very good. 
Tell me something else about his personality. Uh, he I don't remember the color of his eyes, to be honest. I can't remember a hadith for it that I remember at the moment. He was nice. He was kind. Okay. Very true. He was kind and merciful to other people. He was generous. Yeah? He was generous. Very good. Now you can ask a question. That's very true. Like human beings. Yeah, that's very true. Human beings. Have you ever wondered why human beings, their skin is all different color? Because when Allah created Adam, what did he create Adam from? What did he create Adam from? Clay, right? From the earth. And if you look at the earth, what color is the earth? Like earth. I don't mean earth as in like from space. I mean earth. Like soil and sand. Okay, you get brown soil. What other color do you get? Sandy colored sand. Okay, what other color do you get? White color sand. What other color do you get? Very, very dark like rocks. Like very, very dark like volcanic rocks. You get all of that. What other colors do you get? Like a tan color. What other color do you get? Peach. Yeah, like peach color. What other color do you get? Like a brown and a red. Okay, so when Allah created Adam from all those different colors, what happened to Adam's children? Their skin came all those different colors. We're all from the children of Adam. All of you are from Adam and Adam is from Torah. So that made all the different, from Adam's children, all the different colors of their skin came from the different color of the earth that Adam was created from. But the Prophet ﷺ, his color, the color of his skin, he was fair with some red in it. It had a reddish color and it was fair, but for his people, it wasn't white and it wasn't dark. That's how the Prophet says his skin was. So we talked about his height. And so that's from the Sunnah. Anyway, we're not going to get too far because this is another topic. Quickly, quickly. Yeah. Do you know how Adam had all these children? Yeah. Were they all Muslim or did some of them like to Christian? No, all of the children of Adam were Muslim for 10 generations. After 10 generations, Shaitan came and by generation we did like 10 sets of children, yeah? Like children, 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 grandchildren, great, 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 grandchildren until 10 generations went by and then the Shaitan started to get them to go away from the different religions. And then Allah sent Nuh to call them back to Islam. Yes? Two things. Two? Okay, go on. Is there a red earth? Because then when you get angry, you get red. Yeah, there and is a red What happened to the one of the sons of Adam? Because one of them killed the son. They did, one of yeah. them, And then they, they just went away. What yeah, happened? they did. Kabil and Habil, they did. But we, we're going to talk about that when we talk about stories of the prophets, okay? So when we do our class on stories of the prophets, we talk about Adam and we talk about what happened to Adam's two children. But there, there is a red earth. There is a red earth. You get earth that is very, very red in color, like red sand and red clay. You do get it. Okay, guys, let's stop because otherwise we're going to lose the topic. We're going to go back. We said, Allah gave us the Quran. Everyone happy? Everyone good. Allah gave us the Quran. We all know what the Quran is. 
Quran starts with Surah Fatiha, ends with Surah. Now that's a Mus'haf. Yeah. That's not. Guys, be, be careful, yeah? The printed book you have, how many Qurans are there, by the way? How many Qurans are there? Anas, how many Qurans are there? There is one Qur'an. No, you're thinking about ways of reciting. You're right. One Qur'an. How many Mus'haf Masahif are there? Millions, okay? So these books here are a Mus'haf. That means a written, printed copy of the Qur'an. Okay? A copy of the Qur'an. We call it a Mus'haf. A copy of the Qur'an. The Qur'an is just one Qur'an. Allah only gave one Qur'an to the Prophet Sallallahu He didn't give him. More than one. Gave him one Quran. Okay. Uh, one second, one second, one second. Allah gave the Prophet Sallallahu the Quran. Okay? And along with the Quran, the Prophet Sallallahu said, He said, I was given the Quran and I was given something else with it. That something else is what we call the Mushaf. Mushaf. No, the Mus'haf is the printed copy of the Qur'an. The Sunnah. Come on guys, Rakizul, concentrate. Listen, if you keep putting your hand up every two seconds, that's why we don't get anywhere. Two minutes. Number one, Allah gave the Prophet ﷺ the Qur'an. Very good. Happy? Everybody happy? Yeah? The printed copy of the Qur'an, there is about... A hundred in this masjid is called a Mus'haf. Okay. Along with the Quran, Allah gave the Prophet something else. He gave him the Sunnah. Okay? The Sunnah is four things it's what the Prophet said, and what he did, and what he approved of, okay, and his description. This is the Sunnah. This is the Sunnah. Okay, very good. Okay, one second. I'm coming down. One second. We find the Quran in the Mus'haf. Agreed? Yeah, that's if I want to find something from the Quran, I open the Mus'haf. Where do I find the Sunnah? Okay, girls gave me an answer. Boys, any ideas? Boys, 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 boys. You're letting the team down. Come on. I find the Sunnah, I find the I find the Quran in the Mus'haf. Where do I find the Sunnah? Go on, what do you think? By reading it. By reading it. Very good. Where will I read it? The girls gave me an answer. Yes, in the hadith, excellent, mashallah, fantastic. That's the answer we needed. We're going to find it in the hadith. Okay, what's a hadith? Okay, very good. So the girls gave me a good idea. Let's hear from Anas. Okay, so it's a narration from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, one second, put your hands down. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said things and did things and approved of things and he had a description. Those things are narrated to us. What do we mean by narrated? Passed on. 
right, passed on to us in something called the Hadith. Okay? So in this Hadith, we're going to find something the Prophet ﷺ said, or something he did, or something he approved of, or something that he, how did he look, or how was his personality. We're going to find that in the Hadith. Okay, a hadith is made up of two parts I'm going to tell you about. The first thing it's made up of, it's made up of a chain. Alright, everybody knows what a chain is, right? Like a metal chain. A metal chain, right? Like a chain like that. But it's not a metal chain. This is a chain of people. Okay? That chain finishes with the Prophet Okay? Usually. Sometimes the Prophet tells us something Allah said, but usually it finishes with the Prophet. Before the Prophet, who's going to be the next person down in this chain? A companion. Girls got it right. It has to be a companion. It can't be anybody else, otherwise, the chain is broken. Right? Agreed? So the Prophet, it has to be a companion. From the companion, there has to be now another person, and another person, and another person, until finally it ends up inside of a book of hadith. It ends up inside of a book of hadith. So go from the book now backwards. The author wrote a book. Let's say, for example, very famous book of hadith. Let's say Sahih Muslim. Okay? I open up Sahih Muslim. The author of the book, his name was Al Imam Muslim Ibn al Hajjaj. We open his book. He says, Someone told me, this man told me, that this man told him, that this man told him, that this man told him, that this companion said, that the Prophet said this or did this or approved of this and so on. Do you get me so far? Yeah. It's a chain of people from the book to the Prophet Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah? So far, with me? You guys are looking a bit mm, not convinced. So let's give an example. Let's just give a simple example. Let's just say, for example, Yusuf here. Yusuf, no, let's start, let's start here. That Zap told Yusuf, and Yusuf told Noah, and Noah told Adam, and Adam told Mubi. That's a chain, right? One person is telling the next person, okay? But instead of you all sitting together, you're all in different times. And if he was living, then when he died, he was living, then he died, like that. So each one passes it until it reaches the companion, and the companion tells us what the Prophet said, or did, or what he approved of. Okay, very good. We said sometimes the chain doesn't stop there. How could it be that sometimes the chain doesn't stop there? Shouldn't it be the Prophet said that's it? Shouldn't that be the end of the chain? No. No. Sometimes the Prophet goes back and tells us something that Allah said outside of the Quran. Something that Allah said. For example, the Prophet says, Allah said, 
من عاد لي وليا فقد آذنته بالحق. So the Prophet tells us Allah said. Okay. When the Prophet tells us that Allah said, we call this a hadith qudusi. We call it a hadith qudusi. That's when the Prophet told us that Allah, that Allah said. Okay. After the chain, what's the other part of the hadith? Once the chain is finished and we reach the Prophet now what? What's the next bit? We said every hadith's got two parts. It's got a chain and it's got something else. No, no, that's all part of the chain. It's got a chain and then it goes to the Prophet and then... What do you think? <laughs> exactly the words itself. Very good, Mubin. Spawn. The words itself, the actual words of the hadith, the actual text, the, the words, the action, what happened, who said it, the actual words itself. So this is the, that one, that's one part and the chain is one part. Okay. Very, very good. So we've now learnt that Allah gave the Prophet ﷺ two things. He gave him the Quran and he gave him the Sunnah. The Sunnah is what the Prophet ﷺ said and did and what he approved of and his description. And it's made up of hadith, which are reports. Okay? These hadith are not found in one book. You can't find them in one book. In fact, if I just look at my bookshelf over there, if I look at my bookshelf over there, if you look at the second bookshelf, from the top of that bookshelf, I know the girls can't see it, all the way down to the bottom of that bookshelf are all books of hadith. All of those books are books of hadith. With chains and different words and different things and so many hadith. So there's more hadith Right? Then there is Quran. Hmm. There's more hadith, right? There's more of the Sunnah is bigger than the Quran. How many pages is the Mus'haf? Do you know? Roughly. What do you think, guys? How many pages in the Mus'haf? Roughly. Let's see. Who have I not asked for a long time? What do you think? 600. 600. Roughly 600. 600. And 6, 610, 6. It depends on the copy. 600 roughly. Okay? If I just look at one book of hadith, easily I have 1,500 pages. And easily I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 13, what? Keep going. <coughs> just in the six most famous books of hadith, there are 36,000 hadith. Just in six books. Okay. Yes, Mubi. Um, do you know how uh, is the hadith Oh, that's a very good question. Is the hadith more important than the Quran? No, it's not more important than the Quran. But we need the hadith to help us with the Quran. Why? Why do we need the hadith? To understand. To understand. So the Quran, if it's only 600 pages, that means it must have a lot of information in very few words. Is that true? Would you say that's true, yeah? The Quran has a lot of information, but it's only just a few words. So, for example, what does the Quran tell us about praying? About the last one, that is the only God. 
Okay, but about praying, you're right, you're totally right. But what does the Quran tell us about praying? Very good. So it just tells us to pray. Perform the prayer. Alright, does it tell us much more? It tells us a little bit. Make rukur with the people who make rukur. Make sujood and come near to Allah. How many times do you make sujood in each prayer? Go on, Anas. Eight. Okay, so in, in four, if it's four rak'at, you make it eight times. How did you know that? It's not in the Quran. Huh? It's not in the Quran. You make it it's not in the Quran. How did you know? I don't believe you. You have to convince me. It's not in the Quran. Anas, it's eight. You gave me a number eight. Where did you get this number from? It's not in the Quran. In the hadith. So we needed the sunnah to tell us how to pray. Where do you put your hands in your prayer? You put them on your chest or above your navel. You put them, you know, here, right? Do you put your right hand on top or your left hand on top? Right hand on top, left hand underneath. Where did you get that from? It's not in the Quran. From the Sunnah. Okay. How many raka'at is Asr? We just prayed Asr prayer here. How many raka'at is Asr? Four. It's not in the Quran. Nowhere in the Quran does it say Asr is four raka'at. Where did you get it from? From the Hadith. So now we saw you need the Hadith to give you the extra information. That's not in the Quran. Also, who understood the Quran the best? The Prophet So whose explanation do we want for the Quran? The Prophet Prophet's explanation. So if we have his explanation for the Quran and we do what he used to do, then we're going to be guided, right? We're going to be doing things the right way. So that's what we have to do. We have to learn the Quran from the one who knew the Qur'an the best. And we have to practice the Qur'an the way that the Prophet ﷺ used to practice the Qur'an. And that, we take it from the hadith and from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Yes? Do you know how um, Allah said before the Qur'an down? Yeah, one Qur'an, yeah. yeah. And no one dared to touch the Qur'an like hurt the Qur'an. Nobody could change it or nobody could, yeah. Yeah, like damage or anything. Nobody could damage it or change it. Yeah, because it was given by words, not by writing. Because remember, the Prophet couldn't read and write. When Jibreel squeezed him in the cave, what did he say to him? He said to him, Iqra. The Prophet Muhammad said, Ma ana biqari, I can't read. He said, Read. He said, I can't read. So he, it wasn't written down. That one Quran wasn't written down. It wasn't written. It was memorized by the Prophet And that's why Allah said Allah is the one who taught it to the Prophet Allah is the one who gave him the ability to read it Allah is the one who kept it safe for him And so 
every time you memorize the Quran, you're part of that, right? You're part of that carrying on, taking that Quran from Allah that Allah gave to the Prophet and you are memorizing it and passing it on. But we also have to memorize the hadith as well. Otherwise, we wouldn't know all the details about Islam. We wouldn't know all the information about Islam. Yes? The first copy of the Qur'an. So let's use the right words, yeah? The, we don't say the first Qur'an. The first copy of the Qur'an. So in the beginning, the Qur'an was written down by the companions separately, not together in one place. Because the Qur'an came down in different places, right? Like one day some ayah was given, another day another ayah was given, another day another ayah was given, and it wasn't given all together. It was a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Okay. The companions, when it came, they wrote it down. Some of them wrote it on leaves, they wrote it on uh, like skin, they wrote it on different, uh, on, on like, uh, like, uh, like uh, what do you call it, like prepared, like the skins that have been cleaned, the animal skins and stuff like that. They wrote it down, but they didn't have one copy with the whole Quran in it. The Prophet read it, but they didn't have it written down. Abu Bakr was the first one we learned about Abu Bakr, right? He was the first one to say, I'm going to bring all of these together into one book. And he did that because Allah called it a book, right? Allah called it a book. So we want to go back to the Sunnah and go away from too many topics on the topic of Quran. We'll come to the Quran later on. Yes? Um, was the Prophet Muhammad the second Prophet in the world? The Prophet was the last of many, many prophets. Many, many prophets. And maybe there were more than, in some of the narrations, maybe there were more than 100,000. A lot. And he was the last of all of them. And there's no one after him. Is Muhammad all had two questions. Okay, go ahead. Is Muhammad the most important prophet? Yes, he was the most important prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So why would he be the last one? Because you saved the best till last. Okay. Alright. You know how all the prophets are like really good and special? Yes. Not the best, like the most, most special ones, but weren't there like 16 special ones? There were five, we said. There were five really um, special ones. But aren't they the most... Like special, most. No, out of the most special, there are 25 that are mentioned in the Quran. From the prophets, there are 25 mentioned in the Quran. And out of them, five were the most special. And they were, we mentioned them last time, they were Nuh and Musa and Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa and Muhammad. Guys, I want to go back so we're getting off topic. Stop, 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 go back. Okay. There are six of the most important books of hadith. And I want you to listen to the names of them. Okay? Six books of hadith are the most important books where we can find the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Now, are they the only six books? No. No. Because I said, I've got a look at the look at that bookshelf. It's full of books on hadith. But six of them are the most important books. The most important of the six is Sahih 
Al-Bukhari. Do you remember that name? Okay, I'll help you remember it. Do you know where Bukhara is? <coughs> Have you ever heard of a country or a place or a city called Bukhara? No. no. Have you heard of Uzbekistan? Yeah. No. Yeah? Yeah. There's a city there called Bukhara. And they, there was a long, long time ago, around about 200 years after the Prophet died, there was a man there whose name was Al-Bukhari. His name was Al-Bukhari. And he wrote a book of hadith called Sahih Al-Bukhari. Okay? You good so far? Alright. This book, he gathered together the most authentic and the most important hadith. He brought them all together in one place. And this book is called Sahih Al-Bukhari. Is it all of the important hadith? No. But it's the best book of hadith that we have. It's the most authentic book that we have. Okay. Secondly, after that comes another book. This one's easy to remember the name. Sahih Muslim. Because the person who wrote it, his name was Muslim. That's what his name was. His name was Muslim. Muslim. That was his name. And he wrote a book called Sahih Muslim. So we have Sahih Al-Bukhari and we have Sahih Muslim. We have many other books. Many. But I just want you to learn those two for today. Sahih Al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. What were the two books? Bukhari, Muslim. Bukhari, Muslim. Bukhari, Muslim. Right. Before we finish the class, there's something we have to know. And I'm going to ask the girls, because the girls have been, I don't know where the girls have been. I feel like the girls have gone off, made a cup of tea, all sat down and started talking. I don't know. They, they, they're not in my ear anymore. They're here. Okay, the girls say they're here. Alright. Why do we have a chain of people in every hadith? Very good. So girls give me exact right answer to see if it's authentic. Because what would happen if the chain was broken? Let, it wouldn't be authentic. And what would happen if one of the people in the chain didn't have a very good memory? You would get the wrong answer. And what would happen, the girls answer it, give them some chance. And what would happen if you had somebody who was not a good Muslim in the chain? You wouldn't be able to trust their answer, right? So these chains, they have to be connected. No break in the chain. And the people in each place, they have to be good Muslims with a good memory, right? They have to be good Muslims with a good memory. Every person in that chain has to be a good Muslim with a good memory. And then it's going to go back one to the next one, the next one. Next one, the companion, and then to the Prophet. So I said, How big do you think the chain is between Imam al Bukhari, he died 250 years after the Hijrah, 256 to be exact, and the Prophet? So I said, How many people between him and between the Prophet? Put your hands up if you think 
there was one person in that chain between Bukhari, Imam Bukhari, and between the Prophet Anybody think there was one person in the chain? Nobody? Girls, you, put, you should tell me how many people. Two people, two people in the chain. Nobody. Three people in the chain. Not, you're wrong. Some, some of the chains in Bukhari have three people. Okay, what about four people? Yes, no, four people is very common. So typically, Bukhari will have four people between him and the Prophet in the chain. Every one of them has to be a good Muslim with a good memory. Okay, and they are passing the story along, passing the words along until we go to the Prophet and passing it down until we reach Al Imam Al Bukhari. And that's how we have a hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Why do we have to check all those people in the chain? We have to investigate them, right? To make sure they were good Muslims with a good memory. Yeah? So we can be sure that that's really what the Prophet said. So when you hear a hadith, kids, listen. When you hear a hadith, is every hadith reliable? Is every hadith authentic? Some people said yes, some people said no. The people who think no, why not? Exactly, because we do those chains, we have to check who's in the chain. If we don't know who's in the chain, we don't know that they were a good Muslim with a good memory. So we can't be sure. So when you hear a hadith, the first question you have to ask is, is it really what the Prophet said? Is it really true? Do you have to ask that about the Quran? No. Why not? Why, why, don't, why don't I have to ask it about the Quran? Because no problem. The, the Sunnah is a message also from Allah. Why don't I have to ask it about the Quran? Because I can pick up the Mus'haf and I can open it up and I can check. You said to me that there's an ayah in the Quran called I said, prove it to me. You said, okay, no problem. So you went to the back, you took the Mus'haf, you opened it up, there it is. Okay? For the hadith, no, you have to show me those people. Who were those people in that chain? Who were they? Were they good Muslims? Did they have a good memory? Then we can know that this is really what the Prophet said. But I'm going to help you out with something. I'm going to help you out with something, guys. Every hadith in Bukhari and Muslim is authentic. Does that help you out? Every hadith in which book? Bukhari and Muslim is authentic. Every single one of them. So you don't have to worry about those. The other books you have to worry a bit. You have to check it out. Ask your teacher. Is it true? Is it not true? But Bukhari and Muslim you don't have to worry about. That hadith is definitely 100% authentic. Very good. So now we came to the end of our class and we learned a lot of things. We learned that Allah gave the Prophet the Quran and the Sunnah. We learned the difference between the Qur'an and the Sunnah. 
We learned the Sunnah is what the Prophet said and did and approved of and his description. We learned that the hadith is a narration about that. We learned that that hadith is made up of Anas. Anas. It's made up of two things. It's made up of the chain and it's made up of the words. It's made up of the chain and it's made up of the guys look at me. It's made up of the words. The chain there and the words there. And we said that you have to check that chain. You have to be careful to make sure it's definitely what the Prophet said. We gave you an example of two books of hadith. One was called Bukhari. Another one was called Muslim. And both of them are authentic and reliable. And you can trust the hadith inside of them. Okay, next lesson we are going to start learning some hadith. We're going to start learning some hadith. And we're going to be taking those hadith from a very small book of hadith. Only has 42 hadith in it. So we're going to take a very small book of hadith and we're going to learn some of those hadith that the Prophet said so that we can know what they meant. And so we can practice them and put them into practice in our life. Does that make sense? Alright. Yes, what can I do for you? Ah, very good. Now you asked a very good question. What was the what was Adam's skin colour? Okay. We don't know for sure. But the word Adam in Arabic means dark skinned. The word Adam itself means to have dark skin. So it might be that he was given that name because he had very dark skin and Allah was blessed. We don't know for sure because we don't have a clear report about it, but the word Adam in Arabic means dark skin. Yes, ma'am. Two more. Wallah, go on. Hat. Yeah. Would that be red? Uh, because it's shaped as if uh, the devil uh, was red, would that be a red? We don't know. First of all, Shaitan is not a human being, so he doesn't fall under the rules of human beings. Does that make sense? Like, he doesn't look like us. Like, Shaitan doesn't look like us. He's got a different, because he's a jinn. He's not a human being. He's from the jinn. Like Allah said, كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ so he's not uh, like us. And we know he's very ugly. And we know he's very ugly because Allah said about the tree of Zakkuq, Allah said, That tree is so ugly, its fruits look like the heads of shaitan. So we know it's ugly. But you know you see these pictures of a red thing with horns? Like little horns and red, like red color. We don't know this is how the shaitan looks. This is how the non-Muslims say he looks. We don't have a we don't have a proof like that. So we don't know. Yes, Habib. Um, you know when you said like the five most important uh, prophets are Musa. We said Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa and Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Like, isn't Adam? Because he is the first. Mm -hmm. 
Adam was the first, but he was not from those five. Allah chooses. Allah knows best who should he choose, right? So Adam was important because he was the first ever prophet. But Adam didn't come with a new message to his people, right? Adam didn't come with... Adam, his kids were Muslim. He just passed on Islam to them. But Noah, he was the first one sent to a people who didn't believe in him. His people didn't believe in him. And he was sent to convince them that Islam is the truth, right? So it's, it's like a bigger job, right? More than Adam's job. Adam's job was, he was the first prophet and the first human being. And he taught Islam to his children. But Noah, his first job, because the people didn't believe in him, was to explain Islam to people who didn't believe in it. Yeah? Yeah, Islam since Adam. Islam has been since Adam. Because Islam means submission to Allah, right? Did Adam submit to Allah? Yeah, so that's why Adam was a Muslim. And so was Noah and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa. They were all Muslims. Yes? Couldn't Shaitan turn into anything he wanted? Yeah, Shaitan can definitely turn into a person. But he usually turns into an old man. Because that's the example of the Battle of Badr, he turned into an old man. And in the, also the hadith of Abi Hurairah, when he stole from the zakah, he was an old man. So he's not like, I mean, I wouldn't say he turns into anything he wants, but yeah, he can come like in the picture of a person, he can come in the shape of a person. Is he a bad influence on Muslims like in love the prophets? The prophets were protected from the whispers of the shaitan. The Prophet said, every one of us has a qareem, like a shaitan, who whispers in your ear, right? Tells you to do naughty things, yeah? Except the Prophet his qareem became Muslim. And he only tells him to do good things. So his qareem never told him to do anything bad. And what if, why couldn't he protect us all from shaitan? Because Allah wants to test us. That's why he didn't protect us all from the shaitan. Because he wanted to test us. Which of you is going to do the best? So to have a test, you have to be. It has to be difficult, right? You have to have like some difficulties in your test. That's why Allah tested. Yes, Habib. So, can Shaitan turn into a snake, or is it like Jinn? Yes, Shaitan can turn into a snake. Yeah, that's true. And also, apparently, Jinn is So apparently, there's good. But not every snake is a Shaitan, right? Does that make sense? Not every snake is a good, okay? And also about jinn, so apparently there's bad and good jinn. That's true. There's bad jinn and good jinn. Jinn, we talk about in one of our classes, they are a creation from Allah's creation, okay? They're not ghosts, they're not dead people, they are like a separate, like Allah created people and Allah created animals and Allah created angels and Allah created jinn, they're a separate group, right? That separate group, some of them are Muslim and some of them are not. Because Allah told us about them in the Quran, Surah Al Jinn. Yeah? So some of them are Muslim and some of them are not. But we can't see them because Allah said, <coughs> He sees you, but you can't, you can't see him. Yeah? You can't see him. Okay, guys, we are, we are out of time. We went all the time, 10 minutes, and your parents are waiting. Yes, Yusuf, yalla. Khan. Yeah. Could 
like the shit part ever. Like when they when you pray when you make the gap, how does the shit part go? How does the shaitan squeeze through the gap when you pray? Like it's so small. Yeah, but the we but but shaitan lives in a different world to us, right? So we can't like give an example of that. We can't like give a we can't like explain it to you how it happens because it's in a different world. But he squeezes through the gap. That's why you have to put your shoulder with the shoulder of the person next to you and your foot with the foot of the person next to you. And after heavy squeezes, you have Maybe. Well, the good jinn, um, or the jinn that didn't actually cross that border, with, and that border is earth, and the bad jinn crossed it. Not necessarily, because the good jinn can live around you as well, like the bad jinn. The Prophet mentioned in Medina there were some good jinn. So they can live, they can be on the earth, yeah, they can be on the earth. But the difference is they are Muslim, they pray to Allah, they don't cause people trouble, they, you know, they worship Allah, they believe in Allah. But that's different from the jinn who don't believe in Allah and they try to make people leave Islam and they try to pull people away from Islam. So those who call them shayateen, right, shaitan. Okay guys, I think as much as your questions came and came and came, we have to stop there, inshallah ta'ala. Next week, I don't know the girls, where did the girls, the girls didn't have any questions? Where's the, where have the girls gone? I guess they didn't have any questions, otherwise they would have told us. Let's see, one second. No questions? Okay, the girls didn't have any questions. In that case, we are going to stop there. That's what Allah made easy for me to mention. Allah was best.